0: Uh, at Restoration Church, we we say we like to make room for the Spirit to move. And so when we're together, uh, we believe that the Spirit of God moves all the time, that He's actually moving more than we're aware of. A lot of times, it's not that He's not moving, it's that our awareness is broken. Or we get so wrapped up in our day or in the things around us that we're not listening well. But when we come together, there's power in the body in the unity of the body and so there's power when we begin to just kind of set our hearts on God And so I know that sometimes in worship services people are like, oh, that's emotionalism No, that could happen anywhere that you know, you just pause and stopped and listen and look to the Lord I mean it can happen anywhere, but it's sometimes we can borrow from each other Because sometimes it's just hard for me to press in because I'm just caught up in whatever it is. And so when we come together, I love that we can just worship together, listen together, and allow God to work together. And I know that he's got more in store for us today. And so... Uh, A couple of announcements before we move on. First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you uh, that reached out this week and were praying for us and uh, sending us notes and messages. Um, Last week, we were not here with you in the service, and uh, we were celebrating um, Madeline and Ben and their wedding and marriage, and uh, what a great time we had as a family. Gosh, I didn't even cry this much at the wedding. Uh, (laughs) Woo! You know, well, not this much. But anyway, uh, it was a great time, and so we appreciate that. Things went very well, and uh, so thank you for that. Last week was Father's Day, and I know that many of you were not here. And so, dads, I did send out a message today. I brought the pop. Um, gift cards with me today If you were not here last Sunday and you have not gotten your pop special um, We still believe that you are a special pop and we want you to get that So please see me after the service. I'll make sure that you get that um, Connect cards are out on the table if you've got um, prayer requests or comments or if you're new To restoration church and you want to get us your information or if you notice on our calendar We're missing your birthday or anniversary. We'd love to include that and so we're missing it in our database please take one of those connect cards out on the table or you can use the QR code and fill it out electronically either way is up to you Uh, we just want to connect with you and make that opportunity available tonight at 6 o'clock is our house of prayer and so be be ready to join us for that uh, downtown location six o'clock tonight there will not be a connection point this wednesday night no connection point this wednesday uh, but we will start again the following week and so watch for the text message for that location Um, the campers that are going to camp this week, we will meet tomorrow morning at 7.15. If you didn't get that message, um, please see me after service today and I'll get that information to you. We're going to leave at 7.30. Please be in prayer for our teens as we go to camp this week and for Christina and myself as we go to camp this week um, just for strength, for protection, and for God to move. Um, I am a big fan of camp. Not because God can't move here, but there's something about when we turn off all the other noise and we just dedicate our our time and our hearts to what God wants to do. Guess what? He shows up and he does stuff. It's so cool. And so, um, yeah, we need to learn to do that in our daily lives, too. But uh, camp is a great time to do that. And so we're going to be out in the hills. Pray for us this week. Uh, We would appreciate that. And uh, coming up on the 4th of July on that Monday You'll get a message soon about this, but we are making snow cones in the park again. The city puts on a 4th of July parade, and then there's uh, some fun in the park from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m., and we need some help making some snow cones. And so we were really busy with our free snow cones last year, and so if you are able to help with that, please uh, just shoot me a message, an email, or a text. I will be at camp this week, and I will not have cell service, so if you try to call, I won't get it. If you send a text, I might get it. If you send an email, you're more likely that I'll get it. Um, But uh, I'll kind of be off the grid, which I'm actually in a way looking forward to. And so um, if I don't get back to you right away, please don't panic. I'll get back to you when we get back into civilization later in the week. And so out in the, the lobby at the ta- on the table, there's a lot of information uh, about our church. If you're new here, there's some Connect cards. There's some product. There's all kinds of stuff. The offering baskets are out there for our global outreach, our help fund, and our ties and offerings. And so if you want to give that way, you can. Or you can always use Church Center or text 84321, and uh, you can give that way as well. And so today we have... Not a guest. We have someone that is not a stranger to us here at Restoration Church. Patience Linton was on staff with us um, at least nine years ago because Pastor John was on staff seven. But she was on staff with us as our student ministries pastor a number of years ago. And her and her husband Jason left here to go work with a church plant in Miami. From there, they moved to Texas and worked with a church. And currently, they reside in Oklahoma. And uh, we keep trying to pray them back to South Dakota. So, everyone, stretch out your hand toward Jason. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Is that manipulation? I don't know. <laughs> but she is going to uh, share the word with us today, and uh, I know you're going to be blessed as she shares that. And so would you put your hands together and welcome Patience Linton as she comes this morning? I did not manipulate.
1: <laughs> you can manipulate. I've been telling Pastor Tom for a while, I'm like, I'm ready. It's just Jason. So y'all speak that word over him, saying. (laughs) I got to tell you guys, um, that worship time, Christy, was phenomenal. And um, she's absolutely right on that. If you ask God, like, God, I'm right before you. What do I need to change? He definitely will tell you. And so I'm sitting there in my seat back there, and I'm like, okay, God, I know that there's yuck in my heart. And I can tell you what they are, but Lord, reveal to me what other yuck I have in my heart because I want to be right before you. And I am a true advocate that if you have sin in your life, that you need to tell someone because that's a great step towards freedom and make sure it's appropriate who you're talking to. But um, one thing that I feel like Pastor Tom, a long time ago, spoke a sermon about going around the mountain and how we have to sometimes go around the mountain several times before we get it right in our lives. And one of the areas for me, and I'm going to be completely vulnerable with you right now, is offense. I get offended very easily. And um, not over little things, but over big things. Like, I get offended over it. And I've talked to my husband so many times, and he prays over me. And I know I've talked to Pastor Tom about it, and he's prayed for me. And um, that's a mountain I don't want to keep going around right? And so today as I'm praying, I'm like, God, what what else is there that I need to like get right before you? And he's like, offense. And I'm like, really again? We're there again? So um, ask God. This isn't even my sermon, but I feel like a sermon's already been preached today. Um, I'm still going to do what I came here to do, but ask God what's in your heart that's a yuck that you need to get rid of because I want to be as close to God as I can. And I want to have freedom in all areas of my life so I can have a better relationship with God. And so I'm a big proponent of that, which is why I'm saying, hey, this is the yuck in my heart. Find somebody, whether it's your spouse or a friend or or a pastor or somebody, that you can share your yuck to. So that way you can get more freedom in your life. That was for free. There y'all go. Okay. The rest of it's for free too, but just wanted to say that. All right. We're going to be reading from John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. And my, the title of my sermon today is called Skipping Stones. When I was a child, my dad would often bring us to the lake to go fishing. I am not a fishing lover. I don't like fish. I don't like to eat it. I don't like to touch it. I don't like to look at it. It's not my favorite thing. If somebody says, let's go scuba diving, I'm going to be like, I'll be in the pool when you get out. Right. I don't want to go. I don't like going in the ocean. We lived near the ocean for a long time and I usually just sat there and sunk my feet into the sand. Don't really like going in the ocean. But if you give me a pool, that's something I can get down with. Like we decided to come here on vacation because of your pool in town and that was literally the ultimate factor of why we came here yes we wanted to see our friends and we wanted to hang out with y'all but y'all have an amazing pool here and see our town has this really small pool that has two slides that are low-key maybe they should be done because it's kind of gross and like they have this like little thing that used to be like a little kitty play pool and it's all brown now and it's gross and our pool is subpar this pool is phenomenal So my dad would bring us to the lake, and I did not really enjoy going to the lake because if you go to the lake to go fishing, you have to be quiet. (laughs) There's the first problem for me. I'm not quiet. I like to talk. I like to hear myself talk, and I like everyone who's around me to hear me talk. So that's really hard for me in the first place. So my brothers and my sister and I would pick up stones to skip them across the lake, which my dad wasn't a fan of because he wouldn't catch any fish. But I was certainly a fan of that because I didn't want to have to eat fish that night. In fact, just a side note, if my parents caught fish, if my dad caught fish, um, I'd literally sit at the table until my mom would get so frustrated that I wouldn't eat it that she'd make me go to bed. And I was like, yes, and so I'd go to bed because that's how much I didn't like fish. That's just a side note. That's not even in my sermon notes. So that one's free too, okay. So we uh, would go there, and we'd pick up these stones. And my brother, who is six years older than me, would pick up this really, really smooth stone, and he would skip it across the lake. And it would go like six or eight times across the lake. That's very impressive. Have any of you ever skipped stones before across a lake or a body of water, right? So then my sister would pick one up, and it wouldn't be as smooth. And she'd probably get it about three or four skips, maybe two. My brother would pick up, probably, he's two years older than me, would pick up a really smooth stone. And he'd probably get it equally as far as my oldest brother would. And then I, I'm loud. And I would pick up the most ginormous rock that my hands could carry. And I would chuck that thing and it would plop right into the water. And I felt like I won because I made the biggest splash. When I got older... I would go out to the lake again, and I'd find myself there. And I I wanted to skip stones, but I was like, you know what? God, I want to be right before you. And so I'd pick up those large stones, and I'd say, God, this is the sin I have in my heart. This is the thing that I've done that I know has put a wedge in between me and my relationship with you. And I would plop it into the water and say, it's yours. I don't want it back. Then I would go find another big stone, and instead of skipping it, I'd plop it into the water and say, God, I don't want this one either. So please take it from me. I'm going to bury it so far down into this lake or when we live near the ocean into the ocean that I'll never be able to retrieve it again because I want to be right before you. I felt like in those moments of confessing my sin before the Lord that he was bringing me freedom. And there are days even now when I... We don't really have a lake around us, but I would just emotionally or mentally, I would take a rock and I would plop it in this abyss and say, Lord, take it from me because I want to be right before you. So I'm telling you, when, when I'm listening to this worship this morning, how much it lines up with my sermon is so incredible, and I, I believe that's a God thing, because I think that God wants us to have freedom today. Actually, I know he wants us to have freedom today, and my challenge to you today is when you're listening to these words that I've prepared, and, and maybe God puts words into your mind that I haven't even prepared, that you would take up those rocks and that you would begin to plop them into the sea so you could have freedom as well. So John 8, verses 1 through 11, we find a woman who's in a similar situation. Um, She isn't really skipping stones, but she's found herself transparent before the Lord, whether she wants to be or not. And this is how the scripture goes. They all went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is very symbolic because that's this place that he got away to be with his Heavenly Father. That's the place that he went to to spend time with his Creator, with, with who he was a part of. That was his time to pray, to spend time with, to love. That was his time away, his secret place with the Lord. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? Those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No, sir. He said, Then neither shall I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. My first point today is what's done in secret comes to light. Imagine this being you. I mean, maybe you haven't um, been caught in adultery, but I mean, if you think about it, sin is sin, right? So imagine this is you and all of a sudden your sin is brought out, laid before the entire place and said, here she is, let's kill her. This woman is in a room, in a secret place with a man who she is not married to. And it says that they busted open the room and they caught her. Now, when I think of being caught, I think of going out and playing hide and go seek. And someone's like, I caught you! I got you! There you are! I see you! Right? Is that what you guys think of when you think of the word caught? So the word caught in the original Greek is left eye, which literally means taken into one's possession. So not only did they see her, they took her into their possession. The original Greek is much more abrasive than what the Bible, the NIV says, because the NIV says they caught her, but we're looking at it, and they actually took her into possession. My question is, where's the man? because the Bible, the, the law of Moses, commanded that both of them get stoned, but the man is just left. So I'm wondering if maybe he was a lawmaker. The Bible doesn't tell us, but he had to have been of some stu- sort of stature, in fact, because he was not brought before <laughs> Jesus. Only the woman was. So she was definitely looked on as not worth as much as the man was. They grabbed her. They pulled her to be judged in front of everyone. This was one of the most humiliating days for her. This is the precise moment that was used as an opportunity to take something that was so intimate and secret and make it completely visible and exposed. Again, it's unclear of how they even knew that this was happening in this room. It's further unclear why the man wasn't brought with her. We don't know anything about who he was or his status, but we do know he's not presented to Jesus. And the thing that I want you to understand about this whole story is the lawmakers were not there so much to uphold the law. They were there to test Jesus. To see if Jesus was going to uphold the law. They wanted to see if he would abandon justice for the sake of mercy. And that's the kind of God we have. He, he a lot of times will abandon, abandon justice for the sake of mercy. And I'm very grateful for that. Because I need a lot of mercy. I need a lot of grace. Adam Wells is the author of a book um, called The Phenomenologies of Scripture. And this is what he says. We don't want to look at sin. Listen to this. We don't want to look at sin. Or if we do, we want to make sure it belongs to someone else and that we destroy the carrier of the infection. I know I have sin in my life, and I don't want to look at that. I would rather look at their sin. Because I don't want to get destroyed by everyone. I'd rather destroy them so that way nobody knows about my sin. Do you think that's a pretty accurate statement? I don't like people knowing my sin. Well, I'm at a point now where I just don't care. Like, I want you to know my sin because I want freedom. But when I first started acting that way, it was hard. Because if people know my sin, if they know my yuck, what are they going to think about me? So, I would rather expose everybody else's sin so that way I still look clean and good. But when I expose their sin, we better destroy that. Number two, Jesus is the light. Jesus knows the beginning to the end. He knows the mistakes we've made, and he loves us, and he still, God still sent his son to die for us, even though we chose another life besides having complete freedom in him, even though we chose way back when to eat the fruit in the Garden of Eden. He still created a path because he loves us so much. When the lawmakers heard about this lady's business, it didn't surprise Jesus. He wasn't like, oh my gosh, did she really do that? And you guys have to know that when you get your sin exposed, it doesn't, cause, ca- it doesn't catch Jesus by surprise. He doesn't sit there and be like, wow, you did that? No, he's like, all right, hey, here's some freedom and don't sin anymore. It, isn't that loving Like, God is so loving towards us that even in our own yuck, he still loves us, and he still brings freedom to us, and he still chooses us. Everyone raise your hand. I want you to say, my name is fill-in-the-blank. Thank you. Some of you guys listened very well. My name is fill-in-the-blank, And Jesus still chooses me. Close your eyes and say, Jesus, thank you for choosing me. In spite of all my yuck, you still choose me. And whether you choose him or not, he still chooses you. He still wants you. Whether you choose him or not. In some translations of this scripture, it says that they were there to tempt Jesus. And the Greek word for tempt is perezo, which means to tease. This is the same word that they used, the same Greek word that they used when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness. It was to test him. They demanded a response from Jesus, the teacher. And instead, Jesus just starts writing on the ground. One of the things I'm working on right now, its like I feel like this service has already been preaching to me all service long because I've been really working on being quick to listen and slow to speak. And, man, I fail at that. I fail at that almost because I'm loud, and I like to speak, and I like to be heard. And I've been, Jason, I don't need an amen from you. He's, up, he's back there like, yep, it's true. hmm I didn't need an amen. I already know. But I want to be quick to listen and slow to speak, and I fail at that. I want to be quick to listen because I feel like as I am, the fruit of the Spirit are going to come out of me more. And the fruit of the Spirit is not like whether or not God wants to give me that. The fruit of the Spirit is for you, and it's just you walking in the fruit of the Spirit. It's you just saying, I'm going to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm going to walk in that. And as we are quick to listen and slow to speak, we begin to show that fruit to everyone and to myself. Stop nodding your head. Gosh. I know, right? Mercy and grace. Come on, brother. So we don't know what Jesus was writing in the sand. We can assume it was something really profound and great. He could have been just drawing a smiley face. I don't really know what he was writing in the sand. But what I do know is that he was quick to listen. And he was very slow to speak. And this changed her life for forever. When we are quick to listen and slow to speak, we could change lives. Receive that. Okay. Number three, Jesus, full of grace, ready to pour out on you. Jesus looks at the woman, I'm sure, with compassion flooding his eyes, and and he asks her where her accusers are. Guys, get this, okay? The Greek word for accuser is categoris. It literally is the word that the lawmakers and the rabbis used for Satan. Satan. And this is the word that Jesus used for the lawmakers. The accuser of the brethren. Be careful when somebody comes and asks you and they want to repent to you. Be careful of what you say to them and not be an accuser of them. So Jesus looks at her and says, woman, where are your accusers? Woman, where is Satan? Is Satan gone because they all took their their little stones and walked away. Is Satan gone now? Because now we have business that we can handle. Once Satan's out of the picture, you and I can handle things and I can give you freedom. And that's what's so great about telling somebody, hey, this is the sin in my life. Again, make sure it's appropriate, like your spouse or if you're a woman, go to a woman. If you're a man, go to a man. Make sure it's appropriate. But it is so important that when you have sin in your life, that you tell somebody because we need to get Satan out of the way. So we can have freedom. Amen. Let me reiterate to you this quote We don't want to look at sin, or if we do, we want to make sure it belongs to someone else. And that we destroy the carrier of the infection. Let's stop looking at other people's sin and start looking at our own yuck, our own sin, and get it right before the Lord so we can have freedom. I want freedom in my life. Anybody else? Do y'all want freedom in your life? Because it could it might not be a sin. It might not be that you did the you had an affair. It might not be so, it might be something as I'm not quick to listen and i'm very quick to speak there's this incredible movie that's on netflix it's called the resurrection of gavin stone and in just a moment i'm going to show you a clip from that the thing i want you to know is gavin stone was um, caught with a d i think it was a dui and he had to go and do community service And so the community service that he decided to do was at a church. And when he's at this church, he is an actor. And that was his, as the characters was an actor and as his full-time job, he was this huge famous movie star. And he decides that he doesn't want to clean toilets anymore and realizes that they're putting on an Easter production. And so he wants to be in the Easter production. But what he didn't know is during that time that he was going to meet God and God was going to change his life for forever. So let's watch this clip
0: what the law says she must be stoned for this sin what is your answer jesus (laughs) let he who is without sin cast the first stone Your accusers Go and sin no more.
1: When I think about Jesus, this is the way I feel like Jesus talks to me, God talks to me, the Holy Spirit talks to me. And I know, like, my husband has always been like, he had a father that was very authoritative. And my dad wasn't as authoritative with me. He was very loving. Um, I held hands with my dad all the time until I was probably a teenager and my family was very affectionate towards each other. And so I have a very wonderful view of who my heavenly father is because I've had such a great relationship with my own father that I can sit here and I can, and I look at Jesus and I, and I think this is the way he responded to this woman. It's at first, I mean, you can see the aha moment here. At first, she's like, woman, where are your accusers? And then he goes, wait a minute. Woman, where are your accusers? Because Jesus came that we could have freedom, that we could have life. And the Message Bible says that we could have life, life, and more life. Isn't that beautiful? So let's be introspective for a moment. We all have testimonies, and either God has some, done something incredibly dramatic and drastic in your life, which is the case for me, or it could be that you have had a relationship with God since you were a child, and God saved you because you never had to go through any of that yuck, and I, I love that testimony. I think that testimony is so solid, so young people, keep that testimony. That testimony is a solid testimony to have to say that God saved me from when I was a child that I never had to go through yuck because God saved my life, and I chose him. I grew up in a church. My dad was a pastor, and many of you know who he is, and he was a man of um, love and a heart after God. And when I was in 10th grade, I started a Bible club at my school, and I was very on fire for the Lord based off of what my parents had taught me. 11th grade, we moved to Minneapolis. I was, before that, I was living in Vermont. When I moved to Minneapolis, I got completely lost. I was very depressed, and I started making really bad choices in my life. The same girl that a year before had started a Bible club in her school and was telling people of how to follow Christ was now the person that had fallen away from Christ in one year. I made so many bad choices. And one day, I'm going to be real transparent right now because this is a part of my testimony a lot of people don't know. One day a man I was sleeping with invited me to go to church, and that's something. Invited me to go to church, and so I went to church with him. And that is the day, September 6th of 2000, that God met me. And I literally saw Jesus drawing a line in the ground. And he said, Patience, I've called you since you were three years old to be a pastor of the gospel. I've called you and I have a calling on your life and I'm sick of you running away from me. And he said, today is your day of choice. You choose me and we'll do this thing or you choose to continue to serve yourself. And when you choose to consider yourself, I'll take those gifts and give them to somebody else who will use them. This is what happened to me. And I decided to go over that line and choose God. And I still had sin that God had to deal with me on and and get rid of and had to clean me out almost on a daily basis because there was so much yuck that I was having a hard time getting rid of. But I chose God. And eventually, after choosing God, I decided to follow him completely. And I moved from Minneapolis, Minnesota to North Carolina, where I knew no one because why else would I moved to North Carolina, I don't know. So I lived in an apartment and my job, I couldn't get a job there and God was just providing for me like I would I would have money to pay my rent and I don't know where it would come from, but all of a sudden it would show up in my bank account and so I'd go pay my rent. I'd have enough money for food. I don't know where it came from, but it would show up in my bank account or a check in the mail from somebody that said God wanted me to bless you. And that whole time, I would spend 3 hours every morning one hour reading my Bible, one hour praying, and one hour worshiping God every morning. And then I met my husband on MySpace. And then I told him what I was doing, and he's like, dude, I want to do that with you. And so we would do it every morning for an hour. We would read our Bible together, an hour we'd pray together, an hour we'd worship together. And then at night, we'd start over and do it again. So for six hours every day, It was just spending time with God and finding out who God wanted me to be and who I was in God and what my calling was all about. A couple years later, we came here, maybe a year later, and Pastor Tom asked me to come on staff. And the funny thing about that is when I was in ninth grade, I had a vision that I was going to be in charge of a youth center and I was going to be a youth pastor. Did y'all know that? Yeah. And I came here and he goes, well, I want you to be the the youth pastor, student ministries pastor here, and you'll be in charge of the youth center. I'm like, yeah, I think this might be a God thing because this is a vision I had when I was in Bronx, New York on a missions trip in ninth grade. I mean, that was in 1995. And here we are in 2007, and sometimes God, free, this is free. Sometimes God will give you a word, and it might not happen for a long time, but still hold on to that word that God gives to you because God is going to see it to fulfillment. If God says it, it's going to happen. That's free. I don't know why I keep saying that's free. (laughs) All of it's free. I don't know why I keep saying that. But that's what God did in my life. If I hadn't crossed over that line, I would still be dead in my sin. I would still be a mess. I would still be a wreck. And although there's times when I still need to repent of things, which is just about daily, but I know that I can come to my loving creator, my loving savior, the loving Holy Spirit and say, release me from this, take this from me because I don't want it anymore because I know it's breaking up my relationship with you and you are more important to me than whatever this feeling good is. It's already been asked today. What's in your heart that you need to get rid of? What's the yuck in your life that you need to get rid of? What's the things that's holding you back from having this right relationship with God that you need to get rid of? Because there is nothing more important in this world, not my kids, not my husband, than my relationship with God. Y'all, there's nothing more important than having a relationship with God, because when this world ends, when you die, that's who you're going to be standing before, not before your kids or your husband. And my husband knows he comes second to God. My kids know they come third to God because my husband comes second. My kids come third. I'm not ashamed of that. So what is it that you need to expose to the Lord to get right before him? I don't want you to leave this building today until you've taken an account, until you've been introspective and said, God, is there something in my heart that I need freedom from? Because he is the freedomer. That's not even a word. He's the freedomer. Right? He's the one that's going to give me freedom. There is grace that will cover this sin. And there's nothing that you can do that will push you too far away from God because he he wants you. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. That same grace that Jesus lavished on us by dying on the cross and rising again to cover us from sin so that we can be in right relationship with him again is available today. And all you got to do is confess your sin and say, Lord, Lord, Make me fresh. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. There's something in your life that's not right before the Lord. It might be pride. I don't know. I know the issues I have, the issues I'm trying to work out, because I want to be right before the Lord. Pastor Tom, I'm going to hand it back over to you. Lord, I pray right now that you would prick our hearts that you would show us areas in our lives that we need to be right before you. And Lord, that we would get that right today. Lord, I thank you for the freedom you've given to my life and that you continually give to my life. Lord, I want more of that. So show me now, show us now the areas that we need to correct, that we need to make right before you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. If you just hold tight, um, I want to give you a chance just for we're going to take one minute and respond to that. But as I was sitting there, um, I don't know, maybe this is the the pastor in me, the the passage of scripture that came to mind. If you remember when Jesus was talking about when you see sin in someone else's life, um, you have to go and deal with the, the log in your own eye before you deal with the speck in their eye. And here's the thing a lot of times we misuse that don't judge people are like don't judge don't point out my sin Um, That's not what jesus was saying But jesus was saying if you're going to effectively help your brother who does have sin that you can clearly see in their life The only way you can do it is if you deal with the log In your own eye and a lot of times in the church we think well, i've already done that I've already accepted jesus or I pray every day, but sometimes that log is the self-righteous way that we're going to point out the sin in their eye. And if we would be slow to speak, the response that we would give, because the, the response that we're supposed to give is not always the obvious one. And if we would be slow to speak, I love when she said today, the response that Jesus gave changed that woman's life forever. And if you and I would just commit to say, before I speak, Holy Spirit, what do I need to see? Like what? How does my perspective need to change? What is there self righteousness? Is there anything that you need to root out of me so that I do this well? Because the response that people expect, I've done I've done it in my life right a lot of times, and I've done it in my life wrong a lot of times. Let's just say that. I'm always amazed that when I give people a response that they did not expect, it's so powerful. People know what they should get. And when we give them something else, it can change everything. That's the church we are at Restoration Church. And I want to pray over you today that you're going to go out this week and you're going to open the kingdom for people because you're going to be slow to speak (laughs) and you're going to give them a response that they did not expect. And so, Heavenly Father, in fact, if you want to put your hands out, if that's what you want, I mean, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but if you want that, put your hands out in a receiving posture just in front of you right now. And Father, I just ask that you'd make us that kind of church, those kind of people that would be slow to speak and quick to listen. God, that every moment of every day, we are letting the Holy Spirit work in our lives to remove the log that keeps us from seeing clearly, to be able to help those around us. God, there are are people all around us that are trapped in sin. It's It's obvious, it's easy to see. God, for those of us that have come into the kingdom and you've opened our eyes, we see it. But God, we don't always do it well. We don't always respond well. We don't always help remove that speck from their eye in a way that brings life and hope and peace. And so Holy Spirit, help us this week to be a people that are quick to listen and slow to speak. Help us to be a people this week that are allowing your spirit to remove the logs that are in our own eyes, whether those be offense or pride or sexual immorality or lying or slander or whatever it would be, the self-righteousness that keeps us from seeing clearly. And Holy Spirit, make us a church that brings people into the kingdom, that opens a way for them to find life and hope and peace. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being here with us today. What a profound word. Um, you can go back and listen to it again on our podcast or on our our live stream, and uh, I always find that there are sermons that I listen to over and over, and every time I listen, I hear something else, because it's like the Holy Spirit cleans one thing out, and that helps you to hear something you didn't hear before because of that thing that was in the way. So... I encourage you to go back, listen again. And uh, thanks for being here. Make sure you stop by the table in the back before you go and fill out a Connect card or your offering baskets are back there. Uh, calendars are out for July. Yay! Um, I'm early since I was late last month. I had to be early this month, so they're out there as well. And uh, remember to pray for us for camp this week. Thanks for being here. God bless you as you go.